In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if you were there. I was watching on TV, but the liturgy for Barbara Bush was so inspiring and so healing. I felt like we were witnessing a family taking care of itself and then inviting all to be together as one great family. As had been observed, it was filled with solemnity and levity and certainly with arms outstretched to God. So I just uh, felt like that was a beautiful thing. And from the wonderful comments of Jeb Bush, of, uh, I stumbled on this at 8 too, uh, John, uh, the, the journalist and historian, um, what was it? Meacham? Yeah, John Meacham. Just amazing words. Uh, and, and really from Father Levinson himself. And uh, we felt like Barbara for that family and for those whom she knowed was a kind of a good shepherd herself, able to uh, make correction that people really took seriously and yet was done with, uh, with a big heart. So that was just a beautiful thing that I'm uh, still processing and thinking about. Of course, my mind was filled with images of the Good Shepherd anyway, so that's why my mind went there. Um, And I had another Good Shepherd surprise this week. Uh, A friend of mine from uh, a farm south of town, although she and her husband now live in Colorado, sent me a book, her first publication, and uh, with her... her, um, her uh, sheepdog right on the front, her cattle, cattle and sheepdog, uh, Farm Fresh Forensics. And the reason it's called that, she's had a blog like that for years, is that her avocation was to raise sheep and uh, horses, goats, chickens, and uh, uh, donkeys, and various things. But her, her day job was as a detective for Houston. Uh, first in uh, vice squad and then as a CSI. And so she was part of this, um, of this effort of laying down her life for the good of the whole in a kind of a shepherding way to look at some of the ugliest parts of life and to do that hard work in order that some good through justice might uh, come about. So to have this, uh, this literal shepherd send me a book that close to Good Shepherd Sunday just seemed fun for me. Um, we have a tradition in the church. It's not very well kept, but in our prayer books there is something called daily morning and evening prayer. And it's a daily recipe mostly for the purpose of praying the Psalms, but also layered with many other things, other scriptures, intercessions for others, collects. Um, and it, it's a beautiful thing. Every 
morning, it's very likely we will have an allusion to the fact that God is our shepherd and we are God's sheep. Because either Psalm 95 or Psalm 100, the Venite or the Jubilate, are said to open the morning office. And so we hear things like, Come, let us bow down and bend the knee. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Or we hear this from the Jubilate. Know this, the Lord Himself is God. He Himself has made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So hearing about ourselves as sheep and God as shepherd is kind of a daily thing in our sort of most formal prayer life. And it makes sense that the 10th chapter, what we call the 10th chapter of John, which was part of, part of Jesus' teaching, uh, zeroes in completely on the role of himself as the shepherd. It is part of a uh, motif that John has, which we have nicknamed the I am sayings. He says I am a lot of different things. And today on the fourth Sunday of Easter, like is true every fourth Sunday of Easter every year, we are in John chapter 10. And we are hearing the I am saying I am the good shepherd. And when we hear those words, we are then taught, not only there, but by the prophets, by the Psalms, and by the epistles of John, we are learning that what Jesus means by I am the good shepherd is principally that he is the one willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Because it means a lot of things. There have been people reading, writing, and preaching about God as shepherd, we as sheep, in all kinds of directions. But when you pay attention to the repeated lesson, what is good about the good shepherd is the sacrificial nature of the shepherd's love. In Jesus' relationship with his Father, he says, what pleases the Father is that I be willing to lay down my life. Good, as in loved and approved by God. Good in that way. Effective for us. Effective. Pulling us into life where death would certainly be where we would wind up. I had never before seen in the epistle from John, you know, there's three epistles of John. Wouldn't it be embarrassing if we went to heaven and John said, did you read my letters? Yes. All of them? Well, yeah, John 1 and 2. There's a third, you know. There's a third John. 
In this, the longest of these epistles that we have, we have this wonderful elucidation on the nature of what is expected of us, given the fact that we belong to the Good Shepherd. Recalling to you, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. It goes on to say, how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. I'd never noticed how the epistle of James, which says, faith without works is dead, matches here what John says, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. A practical note in what is often a very poetic, ethereal lesson gets down to where we decide to live a certain way and to have a certain attitude. My friend uh, knows a lot about sheep. I don't know anything about sheep or what it takes to take care of them. Uh, I grew up in a very small city, but, uh, but I, I sure was a city boy, and I never tended sheep. I just didn't. Grew up in Tucson, Arizona, and when I was... Uh, right after the war, it was only about 60,000 people. In fact, I think right after the war, when they started putting all the airplanes into mothballs at Davis Monthan Air Force Base, there were more airplanes than people in, in Tucson. But uh, no sheep that I know of, although on the outskirts I'm sure there were. Here is what I'm imagining about sheep from what others have told me. That is, they... What they are best at is being in such trouble that their life is in danger. One person put it more bluntly. They said, what sheep know best is how to kill themselves. (laughs) They overgraze an area and starve to death. Or they can't get the right direction down to the water. Or they wander off toward the coyotes or the wolves. Or they get down in a rocky crag and get stuck. Or they just get plain old lost. Lost to the rest of the flock. And maybe in that way we should be a little bit worried as we are compared with sheep. Because we can be very self-destructive as well. Just by carelessness or by greed or or by uh, uh, addiction or whatever it is. Oh, speaking of addiction, oh my goodness. These. These are, these, this is a thing, but it is quickly becoming a one, the one in our lives. I used it many times thinking about this sermon. I mean, I was looking up pronunciation of things and, 
and Bible passages, and uh, I was using the maps. I was doing everything. This, and I know that this device is treated like a person and is treated as a relationship that is vital in our lives because for some weird reason, and I'm not scolding. I'm just saying, wait, think about it. It's so vital, a relationship in our lives, that we seem willing to risk our lives and the lives of others as we refer to it while driving. If it's that important to us that we would risk our lives, it might be overly central. And so what I'm committed to do is to not get rid of it because I don't think the culture will do that, but to look at it and say, you are a thing. You are not someone in my life. And maybe I could relate more to the people sitting at table with me than to you when dining and all kinds of other things. So we can use our devices because they are things. But we mustn't be addicted to them. Like the uh, people that are, uh, that are so profoundly informed and aware of dependency, say, on alcoholism. They will say, well, first I drank to live, and then I lived to drink. At first, we use them to get by, and then we seem quite the slaves to them. Certainly a long footnote, which maybe didn't deserve that much time, but we can do better. Here's where I'm going with it. When we look at the Good Shepherd, when we realize he's laid down his life for us, when we understand that the Good Shepherd wants us to be willing to lay down our lives for others, what is really happening is that our love for God becomes a love for all. The love of God and the recognition that we are sheep of a good shepherd doesn't take us away from others. It puts us in front of them more authentically than ever. You will have a better relationship with others, including the earth. You sang was at seven verses of one of the most beautiful redoings of, of the Psalms, the creation story, the sort of the song of St. Francis, our patron, where he recognized all the creatures of the earth, even the weather, everything is our sister and our brother, and he's going around, the uh, psalmist is going around saying, sing his praises. You, all of you, earth, sun, frost, even death, even death, you must sing God's praises. It puts us in relationship with the earth, all the creatures of the earth. It puts us in relationship with ourselves to know that God is our shepherd. Very importantly, it puts us in touch with our brothers and sisters in Christ 
and all of our neighbors on earth. And it puts us in touch, in love, in life with the Good Shepherd who laid down his life for us. We are not taken away from others by loving this shepherd. We are included and understand our place before others. Let us give ourselves completely to Christ who is the Good Shepherd.